Good day, y'all, and welcome to episode 25 of the Aaron Wayne Podcast. Here it is, guys. Been talking about this one for months. The look back, the post-game, the check-in, the review of the big wedding that I officiated for two good friends. Talk about a couple of random things throughout the podcast, but the big thrust of this one is the review of the wedding. If I met you this weekend, what's up? If you're an internet friend, tune in. And if you're an old friend checking in, this is my review of how that went. Let's do it. Here we go. Feeling good today, y'all. Look at this. Look at this haircut. If you're watching me on YouTube, there is this thing with men, including me, for a long period of time in my life where for some reason I thought that I could just have like messy hair, don't care. And then I got a haircut for the first time in a decade. That's not an exaggeration. Actually, it is. Because when I got married eight years ago, I got a haircut. No, I cut my own hair. I used to have like long hair, like a ponytail, like a fancy fella. And I just shaved my head for like a, like seven years, eight years after that. And I got a haircut for this wedding, which I'm going to talk about. I'm super excited to share with you guys how the wedding went. Uh, spoiler alert. It went great. Back to the haircut. I went years without getting a haircut, just buzzing my head because it was easy. It was simple. It was like no big deal. Just buzz it every two or three weeks. And then I got a haircut, like grew out this like COVID hair kind of thing. I wanted to have long hair again. I wanted to see what that was like. Got a haircut a few months back and I was like, I look pretty good. That was actually kind of nice. And then if you look at the last podcast, I just finished editing that one. Um, I'm behind on posting these things. I'm going to get better at this. I promise. I say this every podcast. Like I'm going to get better at posting these things. But back to my story. I, I looked at my previous podcast. I look like a crazy person. I look like I, I look like uh, I, I look like I just got lost. And I look like Al, uh, Christopher Mc, apoplectic. That's what that word is. What you just experienced is someone going apoplectic which means they just like ramble and they can't find words. The haircut and beard cut that I had two weeks ago made it look as if I had just wandered out of the wilderness like Chris McCandless or like I was Saddam Hussein when they captured him. I looked like I looked bananas. And now I got to look at this beard, trim the beard up. I got a haircut. I say that I went to a stylist, but I don't know. Like, is that what they, she was called? Was she a stylist, a beautician? I went to a beautician and they shampooed my hair. And my wife was there getting her hair cut for the wedding too. And the stylist, whatever her name, title is, she started telling this story about how when she would shampoo her husband's hair, she would wax his eyebrows. And I think she was trying to either... One, she's trying to upsell me, right? Good for her. Get your girl, get your, get your cheddar girl. But then two, I was like, like, is there something wrong with my eyebrows? Like, do I need to wax my eyebrows? The last thing I wanted to do was experiment with eyebrow waxing the week before I did this ceremony. And I didn't. I just took a little, a little razor. The guys following along know what I'm talking about. You just do a little right between the, the eyebrows, a little third eye action in Ajna Chakra in the yoga world. You just shave your Ajna Chakra. That's all you do with a little buzzer. But it, people in my life, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in my life. And a lot of people who like, you don't know me, but like, you know me from the internet. 
if my hair starts getting long again and I start looking like Saddam Hussein, just DM me. Or if you're a friend, text me and say, hey, Aaron, get a haircut, you animal. Because I look way better with a haircut. I actually look like a grown-up. Man, this wedding, here it is, man. I'm stoked to share this with you guys. It was an unreal experience. I've never had an experience like officiating a wedding or like running the ceremony of the wedding. Um, two good friends, one of whom I grew up with, I've known for over 20 years. Um, I was, he was in my wedding. We've been in other friends' weddings together. And so we've had that experience of going through all the formal wedding stuff together, but this was a completely new thing. And, um, his wife now I've known her for two or three years and she's like, she's amazing. She's, she's funny. She's playful. Um, like we just, we've developed a really rich relationship. The only thing, so when I have, like, I have this old friend in, 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 in the uh, groom, I don't know if I'm going to say their names cause just cause like I haven't asked their consent to like broadcast their names on the internet. But, uh, this old friend of mine, the, the groom, like we have not only like the playfulness and the, the camaraderie, but we have like history and with the bride, like we have that same similar sort of like, you know, like-minded, um, interested in serious conversation, but also like juxtaposed with really ridiculous playfulness. The only thing that's lacking in our friendship is history. And what that shows me is we got space to grow. Like we've got this new history that we can build together. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're an adult, um, sometimes it's hard to like make new friends that you don't work with. And I think the thing that is lacking in many of those relationships is history. You think back to your, you know, your OG crew, your, your high school college buddies. And like, you have that history of having come up together. Uh, and you know, when you get in your thirties, I'm 32 now, it's just making friends is a little bit different. Cause you don't know that you don't really know their history. They can give you facts and bio and tell the, tell stories that you're not really involved in and you can learn about them. But really it's that shared history that, um, that I'm really looking forward to, to diving in with her because she's, she's an awesome, awesome person and uh, perfect wife for my good friend. So the ceremony, um, I talked in the previous podcast, like how I prepped for it. So I'm not really going to talk much about that. See the last episode, I think I called it wedding pregame. So I took a lot of time to, to prep and and focus and dial in what I was going to say and drafting and practicing. And the groom gave some feedback and I got some other feedback from my wife as well as, uh, one of the groomsmen and his wife, just cause you know, I'd never done that before. I'm comfortable doing the public speaking thing, but a wedding ceremony is a whole different, um, can of worms, a bag of spaghetti. You know what I mean? It's a completely different, um, uh, type of tuna. You know what I'm saying? So got all that ready, showed up, Friday night, we had the rehearsal dinner, which was a blast. Got to meet all these really cool people. And one of the things that I think speaks volumes to the type of person someone is, is the cohort that they surround themselves with. And the people at this rehearsal dinner and the wedding were really high vibrating people that were just like dialed into conversation, ready to chat, ready to be playful, but also, you know, genuinely curious and doing interesting things. I met a guy who writes for, uh, writes copy for sports center. It's crazy. I met a crazy amount of teachers. I met way more teachers than I thought I would meet. Um, apparently there's a lot of teachers out there in the world and that was awesome because 
you know, it was a pretty, pretty nice wedding. <laughs> teachers, as you know, um, we don't make a lot of money. So it's nice to have a bunch of teachers in like a really awesome space where they can kind of indulge and enjoy themselves in a, in a way that like <laughs> our economic weight class doesn't necessarily jump us into all the time. I met, uh, you know, I talked about the groomsmen in a couple previous podcasts. I mean, that's just a high level group of fellas that, uh, my buddy, uh, put together and I had the chance to meet the bridesmaids for the first time, uh, at the ceremony. They were all really cool and playful and fun and conscientious and just, it, it, it was a blast, man. So at the rehearsal dinner, um, you know, I went through the rehearsal with everybody. Here's the thing. If, uh, and I, I might've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but Speaking of my stylist, my stylist said to me uh, when I got my first haircut in seven or eight years, a few months back, I told her I was getting, uh, you know, I'm an ordained minister and I'm going to be officiating this wedding. And she's, and I was like, Hey, do you know any, like got any tips? Like I was just kind of like chatting, like she's cutting my hair and I'm trying to make small talk. And she said, yeah, a friend of mine officiated a wedding and he, he didn't step out of frame when he said, you may kiss the bride or like now have a kiss to seal your marriage or whatever it is that people say. And so like his big goofy face was right in the middle of the pictures. And so during the rehearsal dinner, like I was super thoughtful. Like I was trying, I was real. like, I knew that I would get like, like enthralled with this moment that we were all experiencing that I would just be, uh, I, I'd have a, a stunned quality to me and I might not step out of it. So I said to the best man who, by the way, another tangent, he did a best man speech that I've been to dozens of weddings and it was the best, best man speech, best, best best, best man speech I've ever heard. He had the, the whole room was rolling with laughter. <laughs> I'm not going to hit some of his lines, but he like the, the bride is, uh, he roasted the groom pretty well. The bride is, uh, a nutritionist and, uh, that's actually how he, the two of them met is my buddy like showed up late to, <laughs> to like a nutritionist consult. And, um, the the best man says, uh, yeah, this guy is the only person who could date a nutritionist and end up in worse shape. And it's just like his jokes were just hitting, man. Um, and I had to ask him like at the rehearsal dinner, back to my previous point, I had to ask him at the rehearsal dinner. I was like, hey, man, um, this is important. And it's likely that I forget it. I've planned for everything. Like I've really like practiced all these things. But it's very possible that when I say like have a kiss, you may kiss the bride. Um, I might not, not step out of the frame and at the end, uh, and I made sure that he like, like I said, Hey man, pull me, like reach for me and pull me because it's important. It, it's better to see the best man, like reach for the guy, pull him out than to completely have my big doofus. I have a nice haircut. You know, I put a little beard balm in combed everything out, but they don't want my big stupid face right in between their kiss. Just kind of like staring at them like a weirdo. So Rehearsal went well. The wedding planner, she was uh, she was really sweet. Um, had a real casual vibe about her, and um, yeah, everything went great. We all stayed. Uh, a group of friends stayed in the Airbnb. Uh, had a good meal at the rehearsal dinner. Met some really cool people. Some interesting people. Right on the water at this yacht club, um, with boats in the background. The sun setting. We got some good pictures. I got to talk to a couple of the groomsmen's girlfriends and wives and fiancés which was also another good experience because like I said previously, the cohort that we surround ourselves with uh, teaches the people that we bring into our lives. Like this is the type of vibe that I cultivate in my personal relationships. So seeing the 
the partners of some of the groomsmen was really cool. And, um, you know, they were, they're interesting in Sweden. I had a good conversation with one of them about books that she's reading. And, um, yeah, another one, we talked about yoga a little bit. So good group of people. Um, and then the day, man, like here it is, here's the day we had all these, like we had lunch, the groomsmen had lunch together. We did our thing, met, went up to the groom's room, hung out with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll talk about, it. I mean, I'm a public school teacher, but I'm, I'm an adult. And if any of my students end up finding this podcast, it is normal for adults to drink alcohol. That's just a normal thing. So I'm just giving that precursor out to my students. But if you are one of my students, there's a lot of research that suggests that underage alcohol consumption before the prefrontal cortex is fully developed leads to long-term negative health outcomes. I'm just saying that as your public school teacher, if you are a public school student, but to all the other people that are listening, uh, Saturday, um, I didn't want to drink anything. I didn't want to have any drinks. So like at lunch, some of the guys were having beers, but I thought to myself, like, I, I gotta be clear. I gotta have my wits about me. And even though, you know, I had no intention of drinking too much, I definitely didn't want to be in a position where my brain wasn't firing quickly in case I had to react to things. And I also didn't want to read a script. Like I had this ceremony and I had it practiced and it was in me and it was in my mind and on my tongue. So I just wanted it to come out naturally. And so in order for that to happen, I had to have my wits about me. So the real drawback for that on my behalf was um, the groom got this really nice bourbon. Um, it Not that nice is in like it costs $500 a bottle, but nice is in like it's kind of hard. One of the other groomsmen educated me. It's like hard to find, even though it's like only $40 a bottle. It's like it's just a hard bottle to find in Virginia. Um, and it's called Willet. And it was... He, so he poured it and, uh, and we're all in the hotel room and he poured uh, a drink for everyone. And then the, uh, photographer came and we got, you know, pictures of tying ties and putting on socks and like, you know, all the, all the stuff that you do for weddings. If you've ever been part of a bridal party and then we did a toast and we had this lovely toast and actually, you know what, now that I think about it, we should have actually made a formal toast. We were thinking too much about the picture and like the photographer was like trying to catch our vibe and we were trying to catch her vibe and like integrate because we had all been hanging out in this room for a couple hours. And that's a, as I'm retelling this story, I'm realizing that was a missed opportunity to, to like make a proper toast. Um, just the, just the guys like a proper toast, but nonetheless, we, we were having a great time. Um, it wasn't necessarily, uh, there's no one's, we should have, we should have toasted. We should have made a proper toast, like said something, but nonetheless, back to the whiskey, I had a sip of it and I had, I had just like a little sip and I wanted to taste it. And it was the best bourbon I've had, uh, in a long time. I have a good friend who really knows his bourbon and he took me through like a tasting of what he has at his house. And, you know, he knew, you know, this one is aged in peat. They run it through peat moss and they, and this one is, this is what, Molten, like he just explained. I don't remember any of it because we were drinking whiskey, but he like gave me this tutorial on whiskey. And then I had a drink of this one that my buddy got us as the for the bridal party. And I was like, oh, I just wish I could sit here for the next hour and like have this whiskey or this bourbon rather. And I had a sip and then I sat on the counter. You want to know why? Because I'm a responsible officiant, I'm a minister ordained through the universal list, universal church of churches. I don't even know. I don't even know who I'm ordained with. So we do all that. 
Um, and then we get into like, we'll start moving, you know, we get to the venue, we, uh, shuttle over to the venue, um, which is, was a beautiful venue. It was, I think it's called the historic London grounds in Annapolis. Um, I don't know the exact name of it, but if you put in those keywords, you'll be able to see some beautiful pictures and it was right on the water. The flowers, because it's springtime, were in full bloom. The trees were fully leaved, if that's even a word. Uh, everything was set up. The tent was beautiful. The fixtures were beautiful. The stage, all these things. It was just, it was perfect day, perfect weather, perfect location. And we go through, you know, taking a couple videos, taking a couple pictures, like getting ready for the wedding. Uh, my wife shows up and I get to give her a hug and a kiss and then everybody goes into the the seats and we're waiting in the background uh, just kind of waiting for the queue to get moving and uh, and then it happened man it happened let me have a sip of coffee I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pause when I go through the actual ceremony so I'm gonna take a pause right now have a sip of this coffee again I'm not sponsored by Panera but if Panera wants to you know throw a few shells over at Rico I'm not gonna turn them down but I'm not going to shuck your product or your seashells. Mm. Delicious. So the ceremony happens and like I lead the way and it's down this, this hill uh, from the back and I'm holding my notebook and uh, I'm moseying my way up and, you know, I see people in the crowd and I'm smiling and, uh, get to the front and all the groomsmen sort of fan out to the sides. And when I get to the front, <laughs> nobody mentioned this to me, but there was like this pergola thing is like a, you know, like a structure. It had like kind of like something that Ivy would grow on in a garden. So it had a, how do I describe this? You know what I'm talking about. It was like, it was like a thing, like a, like a, it had a wall on one side and a wall on the other, but they weren't really walls. They were sort of like Ivy wood kind of things. And then there was a top on it with flowers and ribbons and all these cool things. And no one had said anything to me about that being there. And I'm, you know, I'm very excited. You know, I'm not like nervous as in like, who oh, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. But I'm like, Hey man, this is serious. Like button up and get ready. Cause like we're about to ride the pony. And so I see this pergola and I think, well, no one told me this was here. Am I, are they supposed to stand in it? Am I supposed to stand in it? And so I like, I walk through it and then I turn around and I look at all the people and I realize that I can't really see them well. I'm like, I also, they're not going to fit inside of this like little Ivy thing. So I take a step into it. I'm like, Oh, it must be for me to stand inside of. And then I have like a ribbon dangling in front of my face. I'm like, this is definitely not the plan. So I ended up taking a step forward and then it just sort of frames behind us, which was, I think was the intended purpose. And I mentioned this to the bride and groom yesterday on a, on a, uh, on a phone call and we had some giggles about it. Um, and then the bridesmaids start coming down and then, you know, I get the cue from the wedding planner to say like, please stand. I had this little lapel mic on, which was cool. And I said, please stand. They came down, the bride came down and, um, and then, boom, the show started, man. And the both of them are standing in front of me. And if you've been in a wedding or you've been married or if you've been to a wedding, those are all three different experiences, attending a wedding in the audience. And that's beautiful and lovely. 
getting married is this intense connection that you have with the person across from you. But then also like sort of like there's anxiety, like for a lot of people, there's this moment. I felt, I felt anxious and excited about my wedding. I was, I wanted to deliver my vows because my wife and I wrote our own vows, much like this bride and groom did. And I wanted to deliver them in a way that felt genuine and authentic. But then also I was just kind of nervous. Like, you know, you do all this planning, you put all these pieces together and then you just kind of knock down that lead domino and everything unfolds. And you sort of like, you can't really fix things as they go. You just kind of have to roll with everything. And so like there's nerves with that. And the ceremony is like the first big button to push for everything else to follow suit. And so like you're a little nervous about that. And that's in in your head when you're actually being married to your husband or wife. And then when you're a groomsman, I can't speak to the experience of a bridesmaid, but when you're a groomsman, you're just sort of like, you know, you've had two or three beers and your knees hurt and you're sweating, you know? (laughs) And like, and I've been a groomsman in some really good friends weddings and I love those guys and gals, but like, you know, you're just kind of there to support. So you don't really have much of a role. So that's three different experiences, being married, being in the bridal party and being an observer The experience that I had being the officiant was such an explosive experience that I am still like I'm using this podcast as an opportunity to try to articulate what it was like. And I've tried to share it with people, but it was like standing in front of two nuclear reactors. The amount of energy that was being put off by these two was it was it, it was unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And, you know, these two people are successful, competent, sociable, like feel comfortable in all situations. Like they're just these really high level friends of mine. And during that ceremony, the looks that they were giving me were like, they, they look like kids. They look like kids about to embark like they were embarking on this journey and there was uncertainty and there was excitement and there was this like palpable sense of like explosivity between the two of them and within them and I was there to run through this ceremony and lead this ceremony with a sense of calm but also a sense of insight and an attempt to connect them together as well as to connect all the people together And, you know, the ceremony went great and I'm not going to recant the ceremony here if you were at the wedding and, you know, maybe we just met this weekend and you're following through on, um, on this from having met me this weekend, or maybe, you know, you're never going to see the ceremony, but I'm not going to really recant it here because that was for those people. And at that time, but at the end of it, um, you know, they obviously said thank you to me, um, they, they, they were very grateful and, and gracious and said like it was it was good for them and it was what they wanted and they thanked me but I can't find a way to properly thank them and I've tried because that was such a unique experience that nobody gets to experience like statistically nobody gets to experience what I got to see which was two people who are so clearly in love with each other and who are so clearly a good fit for one another. All of their skill sets complement each other. They they just are such a perfect fit. And to be in a position where whatever eclectic skill sets that I've acquired over the 32 years of breathing 
whatever skill sets I've acquired that have put me into a position to be of service to those two people. And then also to be able to receive all of that energy that they were giving off. I can't, I can't describe how grateful I am for that. That is, that is in the books, one of the best experiences of my life. And it was because they saw in me something that I hadn't necessarily seen in myself. Um, I know that I'm good at public speaking. I know that I'm good at teaching. I know that I'm good at teaching yoga. I know that I'm good at talking. I know that I'm good at these things, but that's a different thing that being a, a, an officiant for a wedding is a different thing. Like there, there are people that gave great speeches this weekend and there are people that give good speeches all the time. There are people whose day to day life is, is talking to groups of people and trying to communicate ideas to them. But they saw in me, and so, and I consider myself in those groups, like of those people with that skill set. But what they saw in me is something I didn't see in myself, which is the ability to articulate these concepts of love and to create a sense of groundedness and calm in a like a very potentially like internal chaotic experience of excitement, nerves, joy, um, like wondering how things are going to shake out. They lent that to me and I'm eternally grateful for it. It was, it was an amazing experience. And you know, after the ceremony, a couple people had said to me, like, like I talked to the planner and, um, her staff afterwards and they said, Hey, if you ever want to do this again, just like, you know, take my number and like, let's do this again. And I thought about it and it was a very quick answer for me to say like, no, that was the one I like, I can't, I don't think I can do that again. And I think the reason I can't do it again is because, and I say this in my yoga classes and in my public school classes, you know, when things are going well, it has far less to do with me and much more to do with what is being evoked out of me by the people who are pulling it out of me. And I think that if anybody is really paying attention to what public speaking is like, you're only giving a good public speak speak. Oh my God. You're only giving a good public address if it's being pulled out of you and it gets pulled out of you by the energy that people are giving back to you. So the nods and the, like the resonance and the, the sort of really subtle energy that you can pick up on when you're in front of a group it wouldn't be the same if it were anybody else. Like it had to be these two and it had to be me and it had to be the people that they had pulled together and it had to be that day. And it just like, it had to be what it was and attempting to recreate that just cheapens it for me, them and the entire thing that was created. Like as a group of people, again, all of these awesome people I got to meet this weekend, as well as the couple, as well as the families, as well as the venue, as well as the weather, as well as me, as well as the support I've had from my wife for the last 15, almost 20 years of our relationship together. All of those things had to happen the way that they did in order to create what was created. And it can't be done again. Not in that way. Other people will have good marriages, obviously. But like what what that group of people created can only be done the way that it was done. Man, I feel good. Yeah. It had to happen that way, guys. Yeah. It was it was uh it was really amazing to see 
and I've probably already said this like five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, but to see two people who I have so much confidence in their confidence be in a position where they're looking to me to help guide them through something was such a gift. And, you know, so for the ceremony, and again, I'm not going to go through the whole ceremony, but, you know, I did a welcome and then I took a moment of meditation. Then there were some readings and then there were reflections on it. And then there were their vowels and then there were the like exchanging of the rings. And before the readings and after my welcome, I took a moment to sort of like breathe with the group and to kind of center and calm in a, in a, in a place where many people would have done a prayer. I instead did a, a subtle meditation. And so I asked the group to close their eyes and I just guided them through like very simple, very basic little breathing and meditation stuff. And like, notice like here we are, blah, like, you know, just trying to ground people. Um, and seeing those two, in front of me. Cause when you teach meditation, like I close my eyes and I'm trying to get myself to that place, but I'm also sort of like peeking through my eyes every few beats to kind of check in with the group. Like how, how are we landing? Like what, what cues should I be giving to help people kind of center and, and calm? And so I noticed that, you know, the audience was definitely like into it and the bride and groom were definitely into it, but they had like so much energy like it was almost like their eyes were too big to close fully and they kept like they bowed their head and they you know they kept looking through their eyebrows at each other and like they connected a couple times and then they like closed their eyes and like they connected and uh it was it was cool to see like this is what it looks like when you have that much energy inside of you what a gift man and honestly like if i can be can i can i be real with you it feels personally like a huge one to just like the last 20 minutes of what I'm talking about. It's like gratitude, 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 like immense gratitude for the opportunity. The fact that they pulled it off, the fact that I pulled it off, the fact that the people that like worked pulled it off, the family pulls it off, the group of people that were invited pulled it off. Everybody pulled it off. Number one, gratitude. Number two, and I said this in previous podcasts, I was nervous about this in the first couple months. And then that the nerves subsided with the preparation. See last podcast, I talked a lot about how I prepared for this. And then going into the week, it was just like confidence, man. Like I am good. Let's do this. We're ready to do this thing. And now that it's off my calendar, there's a sense of accomplishment and there's a sense of relief because like the prep for that is done and thinking, I mean, I was thinking about it most days, you know, I would lay down at bed in bed and I would sort of like go through the script a little bit, like go through a couple of the beats as as like, you know, not every night, this wasn't like plaguing me, but you know, it's an important thing. So it was on my mind and I would think about it from time to time as I'm laying down to bed and you know, I would have an idea and I would, force myself to roll over and just type it into my notes on my phone and then come back to it. Um, when I was doing different iterations of the draft and I'm, you know, I'm grateful that everything went the way it did, but I'm also grateful that it did go the way it did. And now we're done. (laughs) Like not because I, I just really want to stress that in no way it do like, was this, um, like 
stressful or anxiety. Like this was not a negative for me in my life. This was a ultimate positive. One of the best, like one of the best experiences of my life having the opportunity to do this, but like anything big, it does require bandwidth to make sure that you're thinking about it enough and preparing for it. And I'm grateful that that bandwidth is sort of freed up now. Um, and I feel like it's helped me to level up in some ways. Um, it's it like I have this sense of confidence that sometimes I feel confident because it's in my nature and it not necessarily in my competency, if that makes sense. Some like I'm, I will always be the guy who just jumps in front of the, I'm to make, you're listening to my podcast. Does that tell you anything about my sense of self? <laughs> like I have this at times inflated sense of confidence that doesn't always match with my competence. And what I realized having gone through that is that, you know, my confidence and my competence do match one another. It's all about whether I'm actually prepping for something and get to get it done. And I have this new sense of like, what can't (laughs) my wife said to me the other day, the last thing that I need to grapple with is, you know, a hundred people saying, Aaron, you were amazing. (laughs) It's true. It's one of the last things that I need. Um, I need to be humbled a bit more from time to time, but just to finish that point, I do have a sense of confidence from having done this because it was hard and it was important and it did go well. And it went well because of the time that I took to prepare for it. Um, and those are my thoughts on that. I, you know, I don't want to make this all about me. In fact, during the during the wedding night um, after the ceremony, when people were trying to compliment me, I um, part of me wanted to hear those things, and then part of me felt guilty to hear those things because, you know, this is their day. This isn't about the officiant. This is about the two of them. And I was very careful about how I delivered it to make it not about me. In fact, when you, if you listen to the previous podcast about the prep, you know one of the f- things I wrote on the drafts of the script was like, this is not about you, this is about them. Just as a reminder to not bring it back to me because I unconsciously do that often. And I did like when people complimented me. I did like when people say, you could do this professionally. I did like those things. But then there's on the other side of it, like this is the, this is the dichotomy that I think any um, self-examining extrovert contends with. If you're extroverted and you realize how extroverted you tend to be, if you're really thinking about it and you're trying to analyze when that extroversion is beneficial and when it's like actually kind of stepping on people so that they can't be extroverted, If you tackle that stuff, then you come to a place where you realize that you sort of start to feel, it's hard to explain. Like there's a, there's like a, yes, pat me on the back. But then there's also like, Hey man, I'm trying to work on this. Like stop complimenting me so much. I need to like, I need to like, I'm, I'm trying to work on this ego thing. Um, and that's where it gets complicated. And I haven't really thought these ideas out, um, in a way that, is necessarily beneficial for the scope of this podcast today. Um, so maybe we'll revisit that. The in, in yoga, we call it asmita, which is um, a Sanskrit term, which means like ego and attachment to the ego. Um, 
and then we have, yeah, that's for another podcast. We'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, it was it was great, man. It was a it was a it was a, a beautiful experience. And shouts out to them uh, again. I'm not going to throw their names out here because I don't have their consent to share their names. But if you're following along with the podcast because you met me this weekend, or if you're an old friend, or if you're somebody who just has found me on the internet, um, really really good people that I got to meet, that I got to re-engage with, uh, old friends, and um, you know. If you're just, if you know me from the internet, you're probably never going to meet these people, but, um, yeah, I got some pictures on my Instagram. You can check them out, I guess. Um, but doesn't that subvert my idea of saying I'm not going to shout them out if I posted them on my public social media account? Oh, well go do some internet sleuthing if you really care who these people are, but they're, they're awesome. And you know, they're, they're cool. They're out there doing big things. So that's the wedding, man. If I have any other reflections or thoughts on the wedding, I'll, I'll throw them back at, out at you guys and see like what you guys are reflecting on and, you know, share anything with me. If you, if, if you have any ideas or, or thoughts about what I said, I'd love to be interacting. I'm like interacting with people about the podcast these, these days, which is kind of cool. Cause like, as the podcast continues to build, it's really cool to see that people are, you know, people are digging it. And, um, <laughs> one of the groomsmen said to me, one of the groomsmen said to another groomsman, he said, um, there's a, a podcast I posted a, a, about a month back, uh, called vegan fail where, you know, I went on this trip to Jackson with all the groomsmen and it, I was eat at like the, the Friday night or the Thursday night or whatever. I had like 1200 calories of almonds and water. Um, and again, talking about responsible adults consuming legal substances, AKA alcohol, I was just like drinking beers and eating almonds and, uh, that was not sustainable. So I had to go off my vegan diet. And, um, so if you want to listen to that, listen to the other, I think it's like episode 21 or 22. And so one of the groomsmen was telling another one of the groomsmen, Hey, did you listen to Rich's podcast? My nickname is rich. Uh, did you listen to Rich's podcast, uh, about Jackson? And the other groomsman was like, you have a podcast. He didn't say it like dismissively, but he was just like confused. He's like, you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah. He's like, where, where can I find it? I said everywhere. And he said, D- you can just make a podcast. And I was like, hell yeah, boy. Anyone can make a podcast. Just Google, Google how to make a podcast and do it. I just like it when people build stuff, man. And that's what I was up to. So I've been thinking, I've been thinking about the podcast lately. I've been thinking about, um, what I want it to be. I think once I hit 25 episodes, this is episode 20. I think this is episode 25. Is this episode 25? Hold on a second. No, it's episode 24. Um, uh, when I hit 25 podcasts, I'm probably gonna break it into a second season. And I think I might start doing more interviews. In fact, I've already reached out to, um, a local yoga studio owner, uh, that I teach yoga teacher trainings with, and she and I are going to do a conversation. It's actually scheduled for tomorrow, which will come out the week after this podcast. Um, I'm really interested to hear her thoughts. So one, we're going to talk about the yoga teacher training that we have come up and kind of promote that and, um, spread the word that way. So if you're interested in that, um, we'll be talking about that in two weeks when this posts, but I also want to get her perspective and thoughts on like how people get into yoga because, you know, I've taught, you know, call it, I don't know, call it a couple thousand yogis. I've taught many thousands of hours, um, like three or 4,000 hours, something like that. I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, it was also interesting at the wedding this weekend. Like I wanted, here's the ego, right? 
I um I wanted to somehow like have a stamp where I could prove that I really know yoga, <laughs> which is not very yogic, right? I want it because people were like, oh, you had such a soothing voice. Somebody said to me at the wedding, uh, you sound like the app that I listen to to meditate. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I, that's, it feels like a compliment. Um, if you're, if you're enjoying that, but, and then, I, then that led to a conversation. There's actually a couple people said that that led to a conversation of, um, you know, I teach yoga and I think that so many people just teach yoga. Do you know what I mean? Like they are like, you know, there no judgment on any of these people. Like they're out there doing the practice and spreading it. But there's a lot of people who are, um, doing yoga, um, in a different way than what I'm doing. Like I'm, I've been teaching pretty heavily for several years now. And, you know, I'm a yoga teacher trainer. So like I teach yoga teacher, I teach, I teach people who practice yoga, how to teach yoga. And then through this yoga teacher training program that my, uh, my friend Nicole is going to come through for to talk about in next week. Um, you know, they become certified yoga instructors. So that's like the level that I'm at when it comes to teaching yoga. And I was so, wanting to be like, no, 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 no. I'm not like most of the yoga teachers, you know, like I'm pretty serious about this. Um, which doesn't feel very yogic, right? But you know, what is yogic to admit and to share because a lot of us have those spaces where we're like thinking, no, I want people to know, like I am a big deal. Um, I just heard some sort of beef. I don't know if you guys heard that in the audio, but it terrified me. I don't know what that was for. What was I even talking about? That was like like a Skinner rat experiment. I heard a beep and it like completely threw my mindset off. But yeah, Nicole's going to come through and she's going to do a pod with me and I'm going to get her thoughts on what teaching yoga looks like now in 2021 after, um, you know what I'm talking about, the global, not using these keywords, man. See the last podcast. They messed me up. They started switching things up. I'm not going to talk about all that now, but, uh, yeah. And I'm also considering what it would be like to do a second podcast. I don't know what this audio is doing, man. I'm going to have to wrap this. I think my computer's like about to explode. I need to buy a new computer. This is from like 2015, but, uh, I'm exploring what the idea of doing a second podcast would be like and having it be more interview based. I really enjoy doing these long form independent conversations with myself so that I can explore my ideas and so that I can hear back from people on what they think about the things I'm saying. But I also would like the idea of expanding a little bit and having more interviewers or interviews on here. So I'm starting to play with that and playing with the idea of doing uh, a second podcast or maybe just like segmenting my podcast. And then um, I'm also thinking about doing AMAs, like as things build uh, on the podcast space, like, you know, I'm not. I'm not a huge podcaster, but there's a handful of people who are interested and I'm curious what people want to hear about. So I might throw out some AMA stuff, which means ask me anything. Um, I think I have to wrap this podcast because I'm not a professional podcaster and I don't know why I'm hearing strange sounds in my garage band. Case in point, yeah, anybody can make a podcast. All you have to do is have, I got to take these headphones off. All you got to do is have GarageBand, a $50 microphone, $20 headphones, 
and a camera. Anybody can do it. This is where we wrap it, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Hit me up. Catch you on the next one. Peace. All right, guys, there we go. Follow along at AaronWayneYoga.com. Instagram at AaronWayneYoga. Shoot me an email. If you got any questions for the AMA that I'm kind of throwing these ideas around, let me know. If you think a specific category of um, work or something people are up to, you want me to reach out and see, like, what are you interested? What do you want to know? What do you, who do you want me to interview? Like, just throwing ideas out, kind of building things as we go. That's it. That's all I got. Catch, catch you. <clears throat> A better podcaster would delete that little hiccup. I'm going to keep it. Hope you enjoy it. Peace out, y'all.